Hello again, everyone. I'm Joe Longinusa, welcoming you to another edition of Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, the show where industry leaders, golf professionals, and legends all come and discuss the great game we love so much. So without further ado, let's turn it over to our host to tell us who's next on the tee. Chris, take it away. Hey, thank you, Joe. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me again today on Next on the Tee. We are brought to you today by the great folks over at the French Lick Resort, an absolutely spectacular place. Their Pete Dye and Donald Ross design courses were ranked number one and number two in the state of Indiana by Golf Week. It was also the site of last year's Senior PGA Championship and the LPGA Legends Championship. Go to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great it is and to book your stay. We are also sponsored by our friends over at The Leather Shop, makers of top-quality custom-made leather, dress, casual, and golf shoes. Folks, do your feet a favor and put them inside shoes. They're going to keep them feeling good and looking good all day long. You can find them online at the-leather-shop.com. We also want to give a shout-out to a few of our new friends. First, at the World Golf Village, located in historic St. Augustine, Florida. It is the home of the World Golf Hall of Fame. No matter the time of year or the length of your visit, the World Golf Village is sure to deliver a great experience with family and friends and going to make memories that will last you a lifetime. For more information, visit them online at worldgolfvillage.com or give them a call, 1-800-948-4653. Plus, our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore, you want to talk about a, a golf wonderland. You walk in their doors, and that's exactly what it is. And it is a place, you know, to get everything that you need to look good and play great out on the golf course. Check out all of their great items, from golf balls to clubs to rangefinders and so much more at PGATourSuperstore.com. And uh, Jones Global Sports and the Bobby Jones Company. Raise your game to new heights in performance with a brand that's been known for style, character, and excellence for the last 25 years. The Bobby Jones Company, absolutely spectacular items. They have an inspired collection of products that capitalize on fabric technology that's going to deliver a modern look and performance while honoring the legacy that Bobby Jones brings. And uh, it's, you're going to have enduring style that uh, people are going to look at you on the golf course and go, wow, where'd you get that? They work hard to earn your respect, your trust, and your business, and just as important, a long-term friendship as well. Communicate that you're here to stay by wearing clothes uh, from a brand that has enduring style and presence, and that's the Bobby Jones Company. Check them out online at bobbyjones.com. I am your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have the honor of sharing two great ladies with you that are also two of my favorite guests of all time on this show. First up is going to be Kelly Stenzel. Kelly is uh, you know, one of Golf Magazine's top 100 instructors and one of Golf Digest's best women's teachers. I'm going to talk to Kelly about you know, her tips to help us lower our scores. Right? We all need help with that, and Kelly's got a lot of tips and a lot of things that I want to talk to her about to help us do just that. Uh, plus, I want to get her experience. She was uh, on the Golf, the Golf Academy Instructor of the Week on the Golf Channel not that long ago. So uh, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when Kelly joins me here in just a few moments. Following Kelly, we'll get a return visit from Debbie O'Connell. And like Kelly, Debbie is one of the top 100 instructor, instructors out there. She is also the founder of Golf Positive. I'll talk with Debbie about her new channel on Audible.com. You can go to Audible.com and take, you know, do a, a search for, uh, for Golf Positive. She's got several great instructional tips that you can watch right there on your smartphone. 
We'll also talk about the mental side of the game and not getting down on ourselves when we make a bad swing or have a bad hole and let that kind of spiral our golf round out of control. Debbie's going to join me a little bit later in this half hour. So we got another great show lined up for you this morning. I am so glad you, that you're here to take the journey with me over the next hour or so. And like I mentioned a moment ago, Next on the Tee is brought to you by our friends from the uh, French Lick Resort up in French Lick, Indiana. So let's hear a word from our friends up there. This is the time to play legendary golf at French Lick Resort. Book one of our money-saving packages like the Hall of Fame package and play our Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses. Stay in historic luxury at our French Lick or West Baden Springs hotels. Relax in our spas. Dine in our restaurants. Have some gaming fun in the casino. Or just rock on our rambling verandas like they did 100 years ago. Go online to FrenchLick.com and book your legendary golf getaway now at French Lick Resort. Yeah, folks, I've been there. I've played their Pete Dye course and their Donald Ross course as well. They're absolutely spectacular. My family and I, we can't wait to get back up there later this summer. The French Lick Resort needs to be on your list of places to stay and play. And oh, by the way, my friends, they've got a casino right there on the property as well. For more information and to book your stay, go to FrenchLick.com. And every week here on Next on the Tee, we like to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in every branch of our military who are, you know, tuning in around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We thank you for doing so. We also want to thank all of you for your daily sacrifices that you and your families have made for us to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans out there for, you know, all that you and your families have done for us over the years. It is through your strength and your efforts that our way of life is even possible. Folks, if you see a member of our military when you're out and about, whether that's in the airport, at a restaurant, at the grocery store, at the mall, wherever you may be, please stop for a moment and tell them thank you. They are our true heroes. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It is such an honor for us to have Next on the T be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. And I also want to remind our veterans out there, please be sure to continue to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. What a great site with news and articles and a wealth of information designed specifically for our veterans out there that I'm sure you're going to find both interesting and beneficial to you. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Kelly Stenzel. Let me remind you a little bit more about Kelly's background. She is from Geneva, New York, which is in upstate New York between Buffalo and Syracuse. She played four years of college golf at Furman, and during her senior season, she led Furman to a second-place finish in the NCAA Finals. After college, she played professionally for five years out on the Futures Tour, the European Tour, the Asian Tour, South African Tour, and the Australian Tour. She turned her attention to teaching, and Golf Magazine has named her one of the top 100 instructors. Golf Digest has her named as one of the top 50 best women teachers, and Golf for Women Magazine has named her one of their top 50 instructors as well. She is a Class A member of both the PGA of America and the LPGA Teaching and Coaching Division. She's written several books, including The Women's Guide to Golf, The Women's Guide to Consistent Golf, and Women's Guide to Lower Scores. To put the icing on the cake, Golf Magazine has named her one of the most beautiful women in golf as well. And I'm delighted to have her back with me and again here on Next on the Tee. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for joining me. Hey, good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. And thanks for doing such a nice job of my bio. I think I'm going to hire you for my PR person. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to do so. Anytime. You let me know. Thank you. So, Kelly, first of all, congratulations on being on the, you know, the Golf Academy Coach of the Week earlier this year and being featured on the Golf Channel. I'm curious, what was that experience like for you? 
You know, I have to say, Chris, it was really fun. It was something that I had always wanted to do. You know, it's one of those things you kind of sit back in your living room and you think, what if that was me? What would I do and how would I handle it? And so it was really fun to have the experience to go there. And I did two live shows, both morning shows with Damon Hack. And it was really fun. And I kind of knew the tips that I was going to do, so I, I prepared. But I don't like to try to memorize, do what I do. It was really fun. They were very nice. Um, I enjoyed the process. Our, our time on the show was only about 10 minutes, and it felt like about two or three minutes. It went really, really fast, and I, I really enjoyed it. But I, video, doing video is kind of one of my favorite things to do, so it was, uh, it was fun. And then we also had some studio time where we filmed some tips that they put out on their social media site. So I did... I did uh, six tips the first day and five the next day. And once again, they move really fast. Literally like the minute you're done with one tip, they are on to the next tip in your ear. And it's, it's a, I didn't realize what a big operation the Golf Channel is and how fast. I call it the fast-moving machine. It's literally once you're done, cut the cameraman and the sound men, they're out to the next studio and on to the next story. story but it was super fun. No, that's great, and I, and I got to see them, and they're, they're really great to see, and and uh, it looked like you enjoyed you know your time doing that, and uh, you know I'm curious, Kelly, you know when you you know of the tips that you shared, one of the ones that you know that um, I think is probably the most popular, and because we're all curious about how we can hit the ball further, right? Everyone wants more distance. How do I get more distance? And the, the tip that you showed was with respect to, you know, shoulder tilt and launching the ball and getting it up in the air quicker. Yeah, if you, mind, if you don't mind, can you walk us through that tip and that drill? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that because I was speaking to a group of golfers about, you know, how to be a better playing partner, and nobody was listening to me. So I quickly switched <laughs> to how to hit it farther, and literally you could have heard a pin drop. So it is. It's one of those really fun things to teach that everybody wants to hit it farther, including me. So I think one of the most dramatic places where I'll see a difference with golfer's driver is if you set up properly where your ball position is towards your forward foot. And what that allows the golfer to do is get their shoulders tilted kind of back and away from the target. So for a right-handed golfer, their left shoulder would be significantly higher than their right. And what this allows you to do is it allows the golfer to hit up on the driver instead of down on the driver. And one of the things that all these fancy launch monitors have taught us is that if you're hitting up on your driver versus down on your driver, you gain about 20% more distance. It makes a huge difference. But I think one of the reasons why it's hard and people will shy away from it is because when you truly tilt enough, your eyes actually get tilted also. So your forward eye is a little bit higher than your trailing eye. And that looks so different and so odd that a lot of times people will shy away from it. And when I kind of reach in there and I'll hold their shoulders and I'll tilt them enough, everybody almost always says, wow, really that much. So when your wow. uh, armed forces are trying it, I would say, you know, go ahead and overdo it. You know, make a mistake on the wrong side. You might hit the ground before the ball or you might hit a little bit of a hook, but it will definitely go a lot farther. And in conjunction with that drill, you talked about your swoosh drill to get more speed in our swings. And that's really and that's really the way to get more distance, right? People, I think, sometimes confuse speed with, you know, swinging harder. And you're not, you're not about swinging harder. It's more about swinging faster to get a faster club head speed, right? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I say that all, all the time. You know, uh, I'll tell a golfer to swing faster, and, and it's very close, but it's very far apart when you say swing back faster versus swing harder. Because harder is tension, and tension kills speed and power. So one of my kind of favorite things to do once the golfer's technique is good, because you only want to add speed to a good golf swing, is just flip that club upside down and get into your golf posture and make that grip swoosh as loudly as you can at the bottom of your swing. Now, to be able to do that, you're going to have to relax your hands, wrists, elbows, and shoulders and really feel that little snap at the bottom. But I'm amazed by how people try to control the club and you really want to swing the club. And it can be a little scary because you're putting yourself out there to really, really let it go. So it's something you want to practice on the range before you try to really take it out to the golf course. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and you know, uh, one of the keys I just wrote down is really you, you want that swoosh at the bottom of your swing, right? You're not talking about taking the club back really fast and swinging really fast through it, at, you know, through the whole swing. It's really trying to get, you know, generate the speed and the power at the bottom of the swing. Talk about what that means. Yeah, you know, to me it's a gathering of speed. You know, you can't go from zero to 60 right off the golf ball in the first two feet. You've got to really be gaining speed. So the bathroom's all about storing some energy. So I don't, want to, I don't want to move my cart 50 miles an hour in reverse to try to go forward. I just want to move it back nice and smoothly and then really let it go. So that's one of the reasons why I like the swish drill is because if you're doing it in the right place, you'll hear that swish right at the bottom about where the golf ball would be. And if it's in the wrong place, it's really, really obvious. And it's not a complicated drill. It's something that you could do in practice or you could do it you know, on the golf course too to help get you a little looser if you're maybe nervous or tight. So, Kelly, you've got a, a wonderful uh, website, kellystenzogolf.com. And on it, you show lots of pictures of you working with, you know, with young kids. Talk about how you make the game fun for kids, because so many kids today are so focused, whether it's on video games or staring at their smartphones and texting and all of that sort of thing. How do you get them to want to put their phones down and play the game? You know, it's funny. We have a seven-year-old son, and he likes a lot of sports, but he does like golf. And... What I did with him, and my husband and I did with him, we just let him do what he wanted to do when we originally came to the golf course. We started him at about age three, and we brought his golf clubs, and we would hit balls, and if he wanted to hit balls, he could, and if he didn't want to, he didn't have to. He could have, he could ride in the golf cart. He could have a snap, and eventually over time, he started to want to play. So I think with kids, you've got to, let it, let it be their idea. Make the stuff around the edges be fun. You know, let them play with the tees. Let them play with the golf balls. And then let them slowly get into it. And then once they start seeing their peers play, you know, have them come out with their friends, I think that makes a big difference. But eventually, once they see that they're successful and they can be pretty good at it, then they'll start to like it for themselves. So I'm all about kind of the no pressure, the no pressure approach, and then let them think it's their idea. And then, you know, make the other stuff fun. We're, we're all about the snack machine at Palm Beach Park 3 in Palm Beach, Florida for our son. <laughs> it's a little bit of bribery. Yeah. I'm a big, we could bribe them to get him out there, get him off the phone. And, Kelly, so many of, you know, we weekend hackers have a problem slicing the ball. My buddy Bob hasn't, hasn't found a uh, set of woods that he hasn't liked to hit his ball into. 
what's what's a drill or an adjustment that we can make? You know, so if we start seeing that, you know, boy, I'm starting to, I'm slicing it. Either a, I slice it all the time, or B, you know, through the course of the round, I'm starting to slice the ball off. That we can make. What's an adjustment we can make, sort of mid round or just in general, to help us hit the ball straighter and hit more fairways. Well, Chris, you don't say more frustrating than a slice because it literally goes nowhere and then you're killing yourself and you're getting absolutely nothing. So I want to say I don't have any of my students that slice the ball because I can't stand it. It's just so debilitating that the ball doesn't go anywhere. So I like to go really far extreme and get rid of, let's get rid of your slice and let's get you to hook it. So most slices are coming out of the club face. It's the biggest influence on the curve of the ball. And that is a direct correlation to the way you place your hands on the club. So if I've got a right-handed golfer and they're slicing the ball, I want them to take both of their hands and I want them to turn them so far right that both of their thumbs are just almost hanging off the right side of the grip. I mean, really like left hand, let's see all those knuckles, and right hand, let's turn it so far under that we can see a lot of fingernails. Now what that's going to do is that's going to get the club face to be square or even a little bit closed. I'll take it a little closed. Let's hit a couple hooks. So I think the number one influence is getting that club face under control with a grip. And then after that, it's really just loosening your elbows so that you can get the club head to release and swing a little bit. So one of my favorite drills for that would be to take your hands, split them apart on the grip maybe three or four inches, and take some swings and feel how as you do that, your trailing arm will start to move over the top of your lead arm as that lead arm folds a little bit. So between a super, super strong grip and maybe a little bit of a hyper-release where they feel like they're really getting that toe coming over, let's, uh, let's get rid of that slice and let's get some hooks and we can always come back from there. And one of the tips that, uh, that I love is, that you put out there is, is one, you know, where, you know, you show the ball kind of nestled down in the rough, just, you know, sort of just off the back of the green or off the side of the green. And, you know, we all like to fantasize that we're Phil Mickelson and we can hit a spectacular 64 degree lob, you know, shot like that when, you know, in reality we can't. You show an interesting tip for hitting that shot with a putter and, uh, and how that can, you know, actually, you know, play better for us and be more consistent for us. Walk us through how you deal with a shot like that. You know, it's funny. Every, you know, it's, everything's out of necessity. So I used to teach in the summers out in Atlantic golf club in Bridgehampton, New York. And right off the edges of the green, the grass would be really, really long. And then the greens were like tabletop fast. I mean, they were so super fast. So if you took one of your wedges, like you said, we all think we're still Mickelson, but we're certainly not. And you didn't hit it perfectly. It either stayed in the grass or it went so far across the green, it was just frustrating. So what I started doing was having my students putt, even with the ball sitting way, way down. But what you do from there that makes it possible is you take almost all of your weight, I'd say 80 to 90% of your weight, and you put it on your forward foot. And when you do that, you take that same forward shoulder and you drop it really steeply down. Now, from there, what you've got to convince yourself to do is literally make a putting stroke. Because what happens that's really cool is the putter goes down the back of the ball almost like the letter V, and that makes the ball pop up and over that couple steps of longer grass that's really in the way. And then it gets on the green and it starts rolling. So whether you hit it perfectly flush or even if you miss it a little bit, because it's a little stroke and because it's coming in at a little steeper angle of attack, it pops and then it rolls. 
So there's very little risk of kind of that disaster shot where you got to go put your club back in your bag and go grab a different one. And it's uh, it's just a little trick that you know, when you play at those northern golf courses, all the grass around the greens, it really makes a difference. So people can come to my website and take a look at some of these tips. I think that's always helpful to see them. So if we if we've gotten that shot, now we're on the green, and I think a lot of us you know tend to lose strokes, um, you know putting. And particularly, you know, for those of us that get a little nervous over the knee knocker, you know, three to four footer that we're, whether we're, you know, trying to, you know, shave a stroke or two off and, you know, get down, you know, we're putting for par or bogey, or we have an opportunity for a birdie or, or what have you. But those three to four footers kind of intimidate us a lot of times. What's, what's something that we can do both from an emotional standpoint and calm our mind down and quit thinking about, you know, ooh, if I miss this, and from a stroke perspective to help us, you know, make more of those three or four foot shots? One of, the, one of my projects over the last year has been to work on some instructional videos, which are on my website now, and one is short game and, and one is for full swing. And that's one of the things that I really address is putting because once you can get there, you certainly want to make those putts. So to calm your mind and to keep your, keep yourself calm, you have to actually practice. You know, it can be really helpful to either snap down a chalk line if you may have one, or if you don't, just take one of your clubs and put it so that it lines up with the inside of the cup and practice setting up properly relative to that club so your putter face is perpendicular and that your body lines are relatively parallel. And then just practice watching your stroke run along the line of the club on the ground and listen for the golf ball to go in. Because one of the advantages to practicing with some type of aiming aid is you know you're set up well because you can see it before you stroke the putt. There's no guesswork in the middle of the stroke. And then in your peripheral vision, you can see the ball go in the hole. You don't need to turn and you don't need to look. And the more you practice, waiting to look on those short putts, the more likely they are to go in. So one of my great putting students, she always says, well, it's not fair. I don't get to see my little putts go in. I'm like, yes, that's right. But the good news is you get to hear them go in, and they do go in. So (laughs) to me, it's practicing with some feedback, but getting used to seeing the ball go in over and over and over and over. And then, you know, that's that's what I do. That's how I putt. I I make my short putts. You're building confidence. Yeah, and, and, and to that point, it's, it's just very interesting because, you know, a lot of us suffer from the yips, and the yips is, you know, moving your head because, you know, you're either nervous uh, or you're anxious to see if it goes in or what's going to happen. So actually listening for it to go in is a great way to cure the yips, right? I mean, that's funny. To me, the yips, the yips almost, in my opinion, come out of a bad setup. They come out of a bad alignment. They come out of you know, maybe ball too far forward. So, you know, when you watch, we watch Bernie Els, who's like the greatest guy in the whole world, struggle in the Masters with, I don't even remember how many plucks he had, but it was a lot. As I watched him do that, I, I said, my gosh, look how far forward his ball position is. It was so out of position. So his putter face and his shoulder alignment was so bad that even when he tried to redirect it and overpower his bad alignments, he couldn't. And it looked yippy, but really what it was, in my opinion, it was his coordination trying like crazy to kick in, and it couldn't overtake the poor setup. So if you have yips, get set up, get set up in a better setup station, and change something. Change your putter. 
Um, change to left hand low, change to the claw, but you've got to get set up better. And then I also think for mental, you've got to, you've got to change something drastically just so it's completely different, just to kind of clear your mind, to occupy your mind. So to that point, when you talk about the ball being too far forward and, and, and you know, out of position, what, what, you know, what do you teach students? What, 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 what is ball position and where should we put it if we're uh, lining up a putt? Well, Chris, I think one of the things that I do as uh, a result of spending an awful lot of time around my friend Mike Adams, who I'm thrilled to say was named the PGA Teacher of the Year this year, um, was that there's a thousand ways to putt and there's a thousand ways to chip and there's a thousand ways to pitch. And there's not one right ball position. There's a lot of right ball positions. But if you're more comfortable, let's say, putting with your ball a little more forward than another golfer, what you'd have to do is take your trailing foot and pull it back a little bit, maybe pull it back two or three inches, because what that would do is that would realign your shoulders, because your shoulders will determine path, period. Your arms will always swing down your shoulder line. So your stance can be adjusted to match whatever ball position you're more comfortable with. So I'll take the opposite. If somebody was more comfortable playing their ball position back, they'd have to take their forward foot, pull that back a little bit, realign their shoulders to where they want the ball to go. And then you can just stroke. You don't have to try to manipulate the ball back to the target. You can just let your arms swing underneath the shoulders. So there's a lot of different ways. That's what's fun about what I get to do every day. <laughs> and, Kelly, really, if, you, if we back all the way up, before we even get out there on the golf course, too many of us are under the impression that what, when we talk about warming up, warming up means going to the practice range and, and hitting some golf shots and, you know, working our way through the bag and, and being prepared that way, when really what we need to do before any of that is stretch. Do you have a routine or a particular way that you teach your students to, you know, stretch and get ready before we even hit the practice range? You know, it's funny. It's, I teach most of my time in Palm Beach, Florida, and in uh, metropolitan New York, so time is something that seems to elude my group of golfers. Everybody's always in a big hurry to kind of rush. So if I think if I ask them to stretch, they look at me like I was crazy. So what I suggest just out of my group of people that I'm around is just start with some small swings. So just start with a sand wedge or a gap wedge and just some little baby swings just to get loosened up. I have a hard time getting them to even take a few practice swings to find the ground. So um, starting with some practice swings, a brush of grass, and then some little swings, and then slowly building your way up to your full swing, and then, then kind of up and through your bag. But, but uh, you know, I would say with warm-up, let's hit every group of family in your bag. So once you're to full swing, Maybe hit a mid-iron, a longer iron if you carry one, a hybrid, a fairway with a couple drivers. And then stop on that putting green and get a feel for the speed of the greens because the statement that the greens are really fast or really slow today is a great excuse for about one haul. And if you feel warmed <laughs> up, it tends to carry through a little longer. <laughs> so... Kelly, just sort of in general, when when you're sitting around with you know a group of friends or you know um, you know students or you know folks that are inquiring about the game and you, your time in and around the game, um, are there some experiences that you know you like to share with them? Whether it's just a favorite story or something that you know communicates a lesson that you're trying to get across to them. That's a really good question. You know, it's I'm really lucky and I'm thankful every day because. I teach golf, and I've 
been lucky to be successful with it, but I teach the most amazing people. These people are so intelligent and so interesting. I literally will learn more from them than they will learn for, than they ever learn from me. Now they're typically more life lessons. I mean, these are successful, smart, healthy, older. You know, some are older that have taken such good care of themselves. So I'm always kind of asking them, you know, what's what's your secret? And they're always so willing to share, you know, kind of their life secrets. And I think that one of the things that I like the most about golf is all the life lessons that go with it. And, you know, if we're teaching our son to play golf, that you have to be honest. And that probably my favorite is that hard work pays off. I'm always telling my son, I don't care if you make a mistake, just keep trying. Just keep trying. And the golfers that I see and the people in life that I see, and I think this runs parallel, they don't mind failing, but they just keep trying. It, they'll, they'll keep trying as long as it takes to accomplish that. And I see that. I'll take it back to my son for a second who was learning to swim. And he couldn't get that ring off the bottom of the pool. And he stayed with it about 100 times until he got it. And the teacher looked at me and she said, I have never seen a child try that that many times in a row. And to me, it's the life lessons and the great people that I get to meet that make my job fun every single day. Kelly, one more before we let you go and kind of getting back on the mental side of the game and, you know, talking about teaching kids and, and that sort of thing. You know, when, when we get out on the golf course and, you know, particularly I, I see it because my son is, uh, has just recently really started to take up the game and get excited about it and um, you know, makes a bad swing you know, make, or has a bad haul and really starts to get down on himself and, uh, you know, sort of takes him out of, you know, the round for, for several holes until, you know, whether it's, you know, his, his, he relaxes again because he's trying so hard to make a good score um, or trying so hard to impress the people he's around, you know, who he's playing with, um, and he gets way sidetracked. Is there something, you know, that we can do to calm our minds down, just, just playing the game and not let one bad swing or one bad hole sort of ruin the rest of the round? You know, Chris, I was absolutely that golfer at one point where I would get so – I hit a bad shot, and I just – I wouldn't get mad, but I would just get so frustrated that I was gone. Like, I was mentally gone for a little while. And what I've learned kind of having stepped out of it is not playing high-level competitive golf is I say, oh, well. Instead of freaking out, I say, yeah. oh, well. And I think if you, I think it, it takes some, a while to be able to do that. But I also think it's important that these young kids, when they're watching golf on TV, that they pay some attention to the bad shots because they certainly get plenty of bad shots. But you also have to keep in mind that the television is showing you the best golfers hitting their best shots, playing the best golf in the world, Yes, you're not seeing the guys missing the cut. They're not showing them. So my my kind of plan of attack is, oh, well, and then be realistic and, and recover. Um, but you also got to, you know, you got to calm yourself down and maybe some breathing techniques. But oh, well has worked for me and some of my students just to kind of, okay, oh, well, go get it and try it again. And that goes back to that just keep trying life lesson thing. There you go. Kelly, tell our listeners, how can they follow you both online and over social media as well? My website is really kind of my heartbeat of, of all that I'm doing, 
and that's Kelly with an IE, stenzelgolf.com. So they can reach me through that. I'm also happy to kind of answer any emails that anybody may have. And I've got a couple of videos on there, a full swing and a short game video that I'd love to share with them as well. And also I'm involved, involved in the Golf Magazine Fix Finder app where we have a lot of tips to help people with their different areas in their game they may have issues with. So I'm a featured instructor in that. That's great. Kelly, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to come back and be a part of the show. You're fantastic. I hope you'll come back and, and do it again soon because I always love the opportunity to, to kind of pick your brain, hear your instructional tips, and, uh, and have you a part of the show. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for the great questions. And I would also like to thank the Armed Forces because they, what they do for us, especially in this world right now, is just beyond me. So I send a special thank you and big hug to all of them and their families. Ah, thank you for doing that. Kelly, again, thanks for being here. Look forward to catching up with you again soon in between now and then. All the best to, uh, to you and your family. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Take care, Kelly. That is Kelly Stenzel. Again, Kelly Stenzel Golf. And Kelly, like she said, K-E-L-L-I-E, kellystenzelgolf.com. A great site. A lot of really good videos and tips that you can find on there. So please go online and check it out. All right, before I get to my next guest, Debbie O'Connell, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at the World Golf Village. About to head down there with, uh, with my buddies. We got our, uh, our annual golf trip down there next, uh, next week, so very excited to go check it out. It is located in historic St. Augustine, Florida, just south of Jacksonville. World Golf Village is the ultimate golf vacation destination and a true paradise for fans of the game. The village, as it is referred to by the locals, is the home of the World Golf Hall of Fame as well where the greatest players, right, and contributors, and they're honored there. You've got 70,000 square feet of displays, trophies, and personal memorabilia that you get to see when you're down there. The World Golf Village also boasts two championship golf courses, including the King and the Bear, co-designed by Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus, and the Sam Sneed and Gene Sarazen masterpiece, the Slammer and the Squire. Golfers looking to tune up uh, before their round can uh, get a lesson or uh, attend the golf school. They've got the PGA Tour Golf Academy there featuring the latest in golf technology and world-class instructors as well. Luxurious stay awaits you at the Renaissance Resort at the World Golf Village, offering an array of amenities and dining options, premier services. But, folks, no matter the time of year or the length of your visit, the World Golf Village is sure to deliver an unmatched experience with family or friends, and you're going to make memories that last you a lifetime. For more information, go to worldgolfvillage.com online or give them a call, 1-800-948-4653. All right, now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is by far one of my favorite, uh, not only you know guests on this show, but one of my favorite individuals, period, and that's Debbie O'Connell. Let me remember, remind you about Debbie's background. She is an LPGA Class A teaching and club professional, in 2002, she was named the LPGA National Professional of the Year and the LPGA Southeast Section Professional of the Year. In 2004, her high school alma mater, Ridgewood High School up in, North, uh, in, in New Jersey, inducted her into their Athletic Hall of Fame. In 2008 and 2009, she was named a Top 50 Instructor by the LPGA. And in 2010 and then again in 2012, she was recognized by Golf Digest as one of the top female uh, teachers in America. She won the inaugural Nancy Lopez Golf Achievement Award in 2007. She is also a media pro, right? If you check it out, you can find her. She was featured in Ladies Link for Golf Magazine and on LPGA.com. She hosts her own show, the W. O'Connell Radio Show, for a decade and the Par for the Course TV show. 
She is the founder of Golf Positive, which offers a multimedia and live instructional, instructional opportunities to enhance both your game and your life. You can see her sharing some of her golf instructional tips now on the Golf Channel. Plus, uh, Golf Positive is now a featured channel on Audible.com, so you can stream lessons right there on your smartphone. So she is absolutely fantastic, and it is a privilege that she is back here with me and next on the tee. Good morning, Debbie. Thanks for coming back on the show. Good morning, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoy being on the show. You're amazing. I enjoy all of the guests that you have, uh, what you do for the game, and, and all those who listen and the joy you bring everybody. It's, it's phenomenal. So it's always a pleasure and an honor for me to be with you. I appreciate you saying that. So, Debbie, let's start with your new partnership, Audible.com. Lessons right there available on your smartphone. Fantastic. How did you uh, end up getting hooked up with them? I tell you, Chris, this has been a two-year process because this is a brand-new venture for Audible, and it's the part of the, the company that does just channels. So what they found was that people were looking for some shorter audios, ones where they could just, instead of listening to a 25-hour book or a 30-hour book, they just wanted little snippets of information. So they've developed these channels. And this project started over two years ago. I had the opportunity to um, work with some of the leadership of Audible when they were first getting started. Golf is the only sport they have on there right now. Besides a couple news shows, there's no other like instructional sport besides golf. So I'm kind of their test case, I guess, so to speak. So I'm hoping this really goes well so not only can people get instruction with golf but other sports. And in my opinion, if, if people can understand golf just with audio, they can understand any sport. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and you've got 12 lessons that are out there for people to, to download and watch. Is that, is that 12? Is that you know, something you're going to expand on or talk about? You know, what's the future with you and in, in the, in the lessons that you have and uh, what people can find out there on, uh, on your channel? Well, I'm thinking if there's enough interest, we're definitely going to do a lot more, and I'm looking forward to that. I, and I've had a great week. We just launched the uh, – it's called Game Time Golf Positive, and it's actually the Audible app. So it, it's, if you want to register to be a member of Audible, you go on audible.com and you pay a monthly fee. I think what I've done it a long time ago because I enjoy audiobooks, and I think it's something either 9.99 or 14.99. And then you can listen as much as you want. If you're not a member, you can go right to the app and listen 30 minutes for free per month. So what you do to find my channel, uh, if they don't have a search button yet. That's how new they are. You would go to the Audible app, and it's the company that's owned by Amazon. So you'll find them because there's a couple other Audible-type channels. So you find the one that's owned by Amazon, and then at the bottom you'll see where it has books as an option, or you can go to channels. If you click on channels, then you'll have to go to featured channels, browse channels, browse all channels, and then you scroll alphabetically. I'm just glad it's a G and not a Z. <laughs> so you don't have to scroll too far at this point. So with my luck, we're, we're in the beginning of the alphabet is what I figure. And then you'll find Game Time Golf Positive. And as you said, there's 12 lessons. And each, each week, or if, it depends, you can listen to all of them right away, but each lesson will have a, a life lesson and a quote, mental game strategies for golf and life, and also a performance tip along with some drills that will help you master the tip. And some of the drills are even ones that I'll say just 
in the mirror at home do this to improve a certain part of the game. And I take you through, in 12 lessons, I take you from the putting green through chipping the pitch shot, irons in full swing, hitting the tee shot, hitting it long, and then, I'm sorry if you're hearing that, I'm, I'm, I'm in an office right now. I'm at the golf course. I've had an awesome morning, Chris. I started at 7 a.m. I've given three lessons already. So uh, so I'm, I'm nice. on the run. I have one more lesson to give, and it's going to be about 93 de- degree, de- degrees today in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, then we take it all the way through uh, playing the game. So we, we get, I give you some tips about being on the course and mental game strategies and how to handle that last question you gave to Kelly there about what do you do when you have that tough shot. So we talk about all those strategies and how to handle stress on the golf course, goal setting and celebrating your success and just continuing to improve in golf and in life each and every time you listen, and it's going to give you those strategies to do so. So if you're not a member of Audible, it's 30 minutes free per month, or go ahead and sign up. It's one fee that you pay, and then it's unlimited. You can listen to books, and you can listen to all the different channels that they have, and they have great ones. They have like TED Talks. They have a daily rush on there, which keeps you up with the news each day, and a whole variety of subjects. And there's so few sports. Sports doesn't even have its own category yet. I'm sure that's coming, <laughs> but as I said, we're the only sport right now. I'm hoping it's successful so they can, they can look at that sports arena and continue to grow through it. And let's pick up right there where, you know, as you're, to your point, we were, I was just talking to Kelly about, you know, the mental approach. And, you know, you and I talk, have talked a lot of in, in, uh, in the times that you've joined me about the mental side because it is so important. It, it, it seems like it's, it's more than 50% of the game, right, like Yogi Berra said, right? So, you know, when, when we think about, you know, and as I was, the example I was given to Kelly is, you know, my son's 15 years old and he has really started to pick up an enjoyment of the game. And, um, you know, as a, as a young kid that's out there playing, he, you know, he, he wants so badly whether it's you know when he's playing you know with his you know with his grandfather he wants to he wants to impress his grandfather or beat his grandfather or outdrive his grandfather and the same for when he and I go out there and play and when he hits a bad swing you know makes a bad swing and he hits a bad shot whether it's a slice or whatever it is you know he tends to get down on himself and then you know cuz he he wants to you know like I say he wants to score really well and show you that you know have you be proud of him and all those sorts of things like kids do but when he hits a bad swing it tends to linger with him for several holes, and that's not just, you know, for kids. It, it happens to all of us when, you know, we're, we're going well and we derail ourselves with a bad swing. Talk about, you know, what, what, you know, some of the things that you share with students to help us, you know, kind of you know, readjust, get our minds right, refocus, accept the adversity, and move on. I think part of it, Chris, is reframing the goal and knowing before you even start the round what's the objective. Is the objective to hit as many perfect shots as possible on the golf course? No, that's not the objective. The objective is to get the ball in the hole in the least amount of strokes. So, and, and it's saying, and I would say with your son, explain to him that what is going to impress you the most as a dad and what will impress other people he plays with the most is that if he is focused and does his best on every shot and he never quits never quits on a hole. So being his best on every shot means that you can't have any of those negative emotions from the previous shot. It's not surprising to hit bad shots on the golf course. Watch golf on Sunday. They're the best players in the world playing that week, and you'll still see the ball go in the water and out of bounds. So kind of to put it in a rough way, who do do we think we are that we're going to go out and play perfect golf when the people who are the absolute best at the game do not play perfect golf? 
So that's not the that's not the goal. So it's setting the right outcome and framing it to begin with, and saying when when we hit one of those shots that we know we can do better on. Now it's an opportunity to still make a good score on the whole despite that shot because you're going you're gonna to get yourself completely ready for the next shot. You're going to focus on how can I still make a good score on the whole because that's what it's about. Can I chip out, knock it on, make a putt for par? How can no, I still recover? Yeah. And in order, you know, the story about Nancy Lopez, her dad with Nancy was always one to say, just do your best on every shot and I'm proud of you. He was proud of the way she handled herself and the way she played, and ultimately because of that she was one of the best to ever play the game. So one one day I was playing in the national championship, and I was friends with Nancy, and we were texting. She knew I was playing. She said, how would you do today? And I wrote to her, and I said, I really didn't play well. And I was embarrassed to tell Nancy what I shot. I, I don't even remember what it was, but I know it was it was one of those scores I was I didn't want to tell her, so I just said I didn't play very well. Her question back to me was, did you try your best on every shot? So I thought back to my wow. round, and, and I said, yeah, I mean, I never held on to any negative. Because to be at your best, you can't have negative feelings or negative thoughts. So to right. be in that moment, the present moment, one shot at a time, trying your best, and went through my pre-shot routine, confident, pictured the shot. I thought back, and I said, I wrote back to her, and I said, yes, I did. And her response to me was, then you should be proud of yourself. She never asked me what my score was. And I told wow. her, I used that with my students today i believe it wholeheartedly and that's what i'll ask my students did you do your best on every shot so if you reframe that with your son and everyone listening reframe how you're thinking about the game of golf going in you want to feel good about your performance out there being that you did your best on every shot meaning you were mentally ready you were focused you made a decision you committed to the the decision and then don't fall in love with the outcome picture what you want Go through your process and your routine, swing it, and wherever it is, you go and find it and hit it again. And just do your best one shot at a time. I love that. That's fantastic. I love how positive you always are. Like I say all the time, you always make me smile so much during the course of our segment. (laughs) My cheeks hurt. But um, I love that. And And I keep working at it, Chris. You know, I think it was Zig Ziglar who said, being positive is like bathing. You need to work on it every day. You need to take a shower every day, right? So you need to you need to continually do that. I just read an awesome book called The Positive Dog, and it's if it, I love books that are stories that teach the lessons. So it was about these two dogs who could talk, and and there was all these lessons about being positive. And so I'm constantly putting that kind of information in front of me, whether I'm listening to it in the car, or I'm listening it on Audible. Uh, books like that. I actually did. I download. I listened to it, and then I got the book, and I and I'm reading it as well because I I, I needed a double dose of that one. But it's just we we just have to reinforce it. Even if if someone is generally kind of on the negative side, they can change that by reminding themselves to be more positive. And and then you'll see everything in life will be better. There's less stress in life, and good the good things happen. And, you know, to expound on that for just a minute, Debbie, I mean, you know, right now and in, in, in where we are in the world and where we are, you know, particularly in this country, right, it feels like we're getting hammered all day long, 
with negative news, right? Whether it's, you know, in, in every part of the media, you know, it's on TV, it's on the radio, it's over social media. And, and I'm afraid we're, we're conditioning people to focus on the negative and to be scared and to be intimidated and all that sort of stuff, right? But, you know, you're a ray of sunshine when you come around and you're, and you're, and you're talking to folks. But I imagine you've got to, you know, you've got to see that. You've got to read it on people's faces and in, in the things that they, you know, say or, you know, questions that they ask. How do you reinforce to people that kind of change the program, right? Leave that. That's noise. Focus on the positive. Well, you know I'm Wonder Woman, right? Yes. <laughs> so here's what I, I tell people, especially when I'm giving a speech, because when I'm doing a motivational, inspirational speech for a, a company or a, a classroom or, or a, a whole school or exec group of executives, like I had the opportunity this last week, I was at the UL International Crown speaking to three different groups of executives and executive women, LPJ partners, and when, I, when I'm speaking to them, I talk about the power pose and standing in that position and being a superhero. So then I, I put my cape on, I put those wrist bracelets on, I put the headband on and the belt on, and what I explain to people, and especially kids today, because not only is the world event, you know, could be bothersome to them, they have kids that maybe aren't saying nice things to them all the time, too. So I take right. my, my arm and I put it up like there's negative, boom, knock it away. I have my armor on. So it's kind of like put your armor on, block out the negative, and here's, here's what's important. There's only so much you can control. So if you can control it and you can do something about it, then think about it. And think about how you can make it better or what's your opportunity from the situation. So instead of saying it's a problem or even a challenge, it can be an opportunity for growth. It can be an opportunity to learn something. It can be an opportunity to change the world. So what can you get out of that when you can control it? If you can't control it, then do your best to let it go. Even something as simple as traffic or when you're traveling and you're sitting on the tarmac and you can't get to the gate and you've just landed and there's another plane in the way. You can't control that. So if you realize what you can and can't control and then you focus on what you can control and then look at the positive part of that and, and don't ask why is this so bad. It's how can I make this better. Questions are a key, Chris. Ask yourself the proper questions. I have a really good friend. His name is Joe Matson and and he's just a phenomenal guy who grew up in a very poor environment. And what I learned from him is that the questions you ask yourself are going to put you in a certain direction in life. And, the, for instance, he grew up very poor. He was in the hills of West Virginia, and he was as, as poor as poor could be. He was, he was working by the time he was, I think, six years old or eight years old because the family didn't have enough money. He was shining shoes as a kid. And he didn't ask himself, why are we so poor? Why don't we have money? Why can't I have what the other kids have? He asked himself, how can I make my life better? And he watched business owners, and he said, how did you become a business owner? And how, how can I become a business owner? It was all about the questions he asked, which made him focus on where he wanted to go and what opportunities. It just opened up a whole realm of resources and opportunity because your brain is going to answer your question for you. So if you're saying, why can't I hit this seven iron? Like I had a lesson come up to me, and I first time we're meeting, and I said, what's your goal for today? She said, well, I can't hit my seven iron. I said, you mean you want to learn to hit your seven iron better? And she said, is that that golf positive stuff? <laughs> 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 I 
So I said, yes, it is. So it's the question. So if you actually ask you, tell yourself, Constant, why can't I hit the seven iron? Your brain's going to show you why you can't hit the seven iron. If you say, how can I hit that seven iron better? Your brain will start to figure out that I can hit the seven iron better and how it can do it. So pay attention to the questions you're asking yourself in everyday life. Pay attention to what you can and can't control. And here's something I just uh, looked at some research on. You cannot be stressed and thankful at the same time. They've put people in situations where they, wow. they get them in a stressful environment, and then they tell them, think about everything you're thankful for, and the stress level goes down. So having an attitude of gratitude will always help you, whether it's on the golf course, and that's another piece of advice for your son. You know, All of a sudden, if he can't get rid of that pit in his stomach because he just hit a poor shot, just look around and go, man, I'm lucky to be out here with my dad. Look, my grandfather and my dad and I were out here. I love this game of golf. Saying anything positive yeah. and being thankful for it, will lower that stress and it'll be gone. Yeah, so put your armor on. Well. Knock the negative yeah. away and only focus on. Because here's the thing, Chris, in life, we're all going to go through hard times. Sad things are going to happen. I mean, my, my, my heart's been breaking. I've been crying over the, the, the things that are happening and the death. You know, and it's okay to feel bad for a little while and, and sob because it is sad what's happening and, and the loss of life in, the, in these, these, those times. And then look at it and say, okay, is there anything I can do? Is there anything I control? I can pray for the people. I can pray for our leaders. All right? I can, I can send them good positive energy, whatever your beliefs are. And then, and then the most important thing is you live your life to the fullest because, you're, because people you care about, they might get sick someday. They're going, we all know we're all going to you know, lose people. And so we're going to go through those hard times. Don't make something you can't control a sad situation or a hard time for yourself. It's not worth it. Life is too precious. I'm talking with Debbie O'Connell here on Next on the T. Debbie is the founder of Golf Positive and uh, so many great lessons that we've just learned. And you can find also on her, her site, golfpositive.com. Debbie, just a couple more before we let you go. And um, we got we got the Olympics coming up just around the corner, and we've seen so many of the top players on the men's side pull out due to many concerns, health concerns, safety concerns, whatever personal concerns that they have. With, with the, the vote coming up to continue golf in the Olympics beyond 2020, and that vote's going to actually come next year, so it's not you know, coming after the second go-round in the Olympics. Concerned at all about you know, the damage that that can do to the game and, and uh, impede the growth in the Olympic, uh, Olympic spirit of the game of golf? because we're seeing so many guys decide um, they're going to pass this time around? I hope it doesn't affect it to that point, because there are extenuating circumstances. Now, unfortunately, comments that Rory made could affect it, where he's saying the golf in the Olympics is not that big a deal. I may not even watch. You know, great, I made the team, but it's okay that I'm going to pull out. You know, I, I yeah. thought... You know, and I'm not quoting verbatim, but it was something to that effect that he's probably not right. even going to watch the Olympics. So those kind of comments from your top players could certainly affect things because people will listen to him. He has fans that are going to go, oh, God, you mean the Olympics don't mean that much? You know, so unfortunately he, he put that out there. So I was a little disappointed in that from him. Um, I, I just wish he wouldn't have said anything. said, there's reasons I'm pulling out. He could have stated the reasons, but then not got into the, you know, it's right. not important anyway. I, I wish that would have happened. I think the Olympics are going to be great. Um, you know, the Olympics this year, it's, it, is, it is a little uh, concerning, right? I mean, besides yeah. the, the Zika, 
then you have the the terrorist attacks and i just heard this morning on the radio they've uh, they have 11 or 12 people, I think the 12th actually even turned himself in, who were plotting. And ISIS was putting that out there to, to do something at the Olympics. But I think the whole world is coming together and they're comparing all the, the CIA's investigations and all the intelligence. And I think they're all talking, and especially when it has to do with the Olympics, and they're helping each other. And I think obviously the security will be the utmost at these games. And I, and I, I think they're going to do a great job with that. But uh, I think once the Olympic golf in the Olympic ha- happens and people watch it, it will be so exciting. Anytime you're cheering for your country, just like the UL International Crown this week, I, as, as I mentioned, I was there and to see our U.S. team heading out there, you just have this pride about your country. Next year that tournament's moving to Korea is going to be even bigger than it is this year. And um, So it's eight countries from around the world competing to be the – to, to get that crown, and they have crowns for each of the players they'll put on their head. So anytime you're playing for the con- your country, it's phenomenal. And I think I think golf is going to shine in the Olympics this year, and and hopefully they continue it going forward. And and that the, because of the the big names pulling out, I'm really hoping that doesn't affect it because you know we don't know a lot of the names of people in many other sports, but you get to know them, and they do stories on them, and you start rooting for them. Right, mm-hmm. and you get to know them. So I'm I'm hopeful that that will happen with the Olympics, and it's going to be a great patriotic event for everybody. Yeah. So the the positive opposite side of the coin, right? When we've got Lexi Thompson and Stacy Lewis and Jarena Pilar representing the U.S. in the Olympics, if they were able, you know, to go on and beat, you know, the you know Lydia Ko, Brooke Henderson, and Inby Parker, you know, the top three rated pe- players heading into into the Olympics, but if if one of those three were able to you know to win the gold medal and then to really show you know how how great you know the the ladies on you know from the U.S. are, what positive impact do you think that can have on the LPGA going forward and for women's golf you know here in the U.S. And and I'm glad you said the U.S. because I tell you what the LPGA is certainly a global tour and it's exploding around the world. It's so phenomenal mm-hmm. to see how how the LPGA has grown and and Mike Wan as the commissioner has been just terrific. In the US, we do we want it's kind of the root 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 for the home team, right? We want to see our right. US girls be at the top. So it will be a phenomenal event and help the LPGA tour tremendously if one of the US players wins that gold medal. I recently featured uh, Debbie in my blog series. There's greatness. Greatness is all around us. And if you go to our website, nextonthetea.net, and you click on Spotlight on the Positive, you can read my blog post about Debbie and several other wonderful people who are doing great things to make a positive impact on the world. And I'm sure you can sense that by listening to Debbie and the, and the enthusiasm in her, in her voice and the message that she's putting out there. I want to mention that you know, because, you know, Debbie, I think you're such a wonderful guest and a tremendous person, and I can't thank you enough for continuing to join me and be a part of the show. You are uh, absolutely a ray of sunshine in our world. I have to tell you, Chris, you brought tears to my eyes with that blog you did from the bottom of my heart. That meant so much, and I didn't know it was coming out until the day I read it, and I was so moved and appreciative of your kind words and you too. Amazing person. What you what you put out on, on your shows and send out to the world, it, it's, we need this, right? We just talked about so much of what's happening in the world is negative, and 
and you're changing that with what you do, and I appreciate it so much. And, and thank you so much for all of your kind words on your blog. I was so appreciated. I was I was sharing that with everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much. That's great. Debbie, remind our listeners again how they can follow you both uh, online and over social media as well. Well, everything is with Golf Positive. So on Facebook, I have my own Facebook page with Debbie O'Connell, and then I have the Golf Positive page. I am Golf Positive on Twitter, at Golf Positive. I just opened up a Snapchat because I'm doing wow. a lot of these junior events, and you have to have Snapchat if you want to communicate with these <laughs> children today. So I have Snapchat and I have Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn as well. So everything's with the Golf Positive name. My website is golfpositive.com. And if you want that experience like we talked about with rooting for your country, I'm also running a trip to the Solheim Cup in 2017. Maybe you can join me on that trip, Chris. It's going to be phenomenal. In Des Moines, Iowa, we're doing a week-long trip. We're going to play golf have our own little match play competition. It's my 50th birthday, the, the night of our opening dinner, so I hired the DJ already. We're going to have a big birthday party, and it will be phenomenal. So that's all on golfpositive.com as well. There you go. Debbie, thank you so much for continuing to make my cheeks hurt so much from smiling during, the, during this segment. It's always a joy to have you as part of the show. I hope you'll come back real soon and share more of your tips and your insights with us because uh, it makes a difference. I think you make a difference in this world, and I think you make a difference in so many people's games and the way that they view it. So I hope you'll come back soon. I would love to, Chris. Thank you so much for the opportunity to spend some time with you. All right, Debbie, take care. And in between now and the next time I get the opportunity to have you on this show, all the best to you and your family as well. Thank you. You too, Chris. Have an awesome rest of the weekend. Thanks. You too, Debbie. That is Debbie O'Connell, again, the founder of Golf Positive. Go, go to golfpositive.com. You can find you know, a lot of her, uh, her lessons and, and uh, you know, a lot of the things that she, you know, she shared with us today. Also, be sure to check her out on, on the Audible channel, audible.com. You can, uh, you can check it out right there on your smartphone. It's uh, really convenient, and it's going to be a big hit. So uh, check it out, again, audible.com. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode. Before we close up shop, I want to remind you about our friends and uh, partner, you know, PGA Tour Pro Jim Estes and the great folks over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear a word from Jim about the great things that they're doing there. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S. If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, Jim and everybody over at the Salute Military Golf Association are really doing some amazing things. Please, to find out more information, check them out online at smga.org to see how you can get involved. All right, everybody, my sincere thanks again to Kelly Stenzel and Debbie O'Connell for making today's show so much fun and so uplifting for me. I hope you really enjoyed it as well. 
Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, streaming on Blog Talk Radio. You can find it on the Armed Forces Radio Network, iHeartRadio, Spreaker's, Tune in, Stitcher, Podbean, we're all over the net. You can find us, you know, again, on, on, and online. You can check it out on ThursdayNightTailgate.com. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free, folks, by going there or to any of those sites that I mentioned. The same for Next on the T for this show. You can find us online at NextOnTheT.net. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes of this show from there. Plus, you can stay up to date with uh, who some of our future guests are going to be as well. I thank you again for choosing to listen to this show today. We know you have a thousand podcasts and shows that you have the opportunity to listen to, and we really appreciate that you've made Next on the T one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the T with Christmas Carol. Where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors, and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Saturday to hear more stories about the game we love. From the people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf.